Welcome to part two of episode six of the 3 Ed podcast, where Jeff and I dive into some fad diets and opinions on diets that we have either tried ourselves or reviewed in depth. If you have any questions, please leave it below. And as always, please like and follow. Thanks. I don't want to jump into my most heated one too soon. So let's go to a little bit of the easier side of diets. What about, what do you feel about vegetarian diets? Uh, dude, I am, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know much about vegetarian diets. All I know is once people usually, a lot of the people that see the main benefits of a vegetarian diet are usually the people that eat the sad diet, the standard American diet. They benefit from all these diets. Actually, one switching, yeah. when you're switching from the regular diet of the Americans, the average day American to any of these diets, you're going to see results. But a lot of people like to go vegetarian. They like to go vegan. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, you actually end up seeing a lot of results. A lot of your markers and numbers do come down. But like I said, you're, you're going from a set of really bad eating habits to now actually eating really clean. So that's expected. Me, I like my meat, man. I'm a carnivore. I'm, I'm right there with, I'm right there with liver king, man. I'm going to pause and record that. This man <laughs> just said, I like my meat. And that is going on a highlight reel of today's episode. Listen, man, I like, I like my meat. I like, I'm going to repeat that. I like my meat. I like my beef, my chicken. I, I like all that stuff, man. I cannot give that up. There is a, look, vegetarians, I'm, I'm like super happy and proud of you for being able to stick to that lifestyle but I cannot. So congrats. I commend you. But um, yeah, I mean, the most, yeah, I mean, the hardest thing about the vegetarian diet for me would be one, I would miss meat. And two, you do get a lot of vitamins, but a lot of the B vitamins that you get from beef, a lot of those nutrients, yeah. you won't be getting them on the vegetarian diet. So you're going to have to supplement. Yeah. Um, and, and even then, sometimes you can't get those nutrients. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think? Uh, so I, I've actually, I've, I've done a lot of diets just to see how my body reacted. I've done vegan, I've done vegetarian. Uh, first off, I think the ability of them to work and for you to stick to them is really tied to your geographic location. If you're in Boulder, Colorado, you're going to have a lot easier time sticking to being vegan and vegetarian than you will in, you know, Louisiana because the, uh, the culture and the availability of the food that people typically eat is a lot higher in places like Colorado, place, it, more populated cities, and, and usually people with younger crowds as well, because it's a, very, it's a very common, it's a fad right now, not that it's a fad diet, people have been vegetarians for, for a millennia. Some people, uh, even you know, a, a little bit history, the gladiators were vegetarians actually. People that Rome would come out and watch fight were vegetarians. And it's, it's a very common diet. A lot of main things that people talk about when it comes to vegetarianism and veganism and pescatarianism is a lot of the health markers such as mortality rates are much lower of that in vegetarians and vegans than those of meat eaters. Now you can state how many of those meat eaters in those studies were on the SAD diet, the standard American diet. How many ate processed foods? How many ate box macaroni and cheese? Delicious, yes, but terrible for you. And especially in the type of environment that is in today. I mean, how many times have you seen, heard someone talk about their dinner when they, you know, this is a vegetarian dinner where they had, you know, box mac and cheese the night before and a, a salad with ranch. 
you know, that, that, that's a vegetarian dinner, but that's, that's terrible for you. And that doesn't have to be a vegetarian eating that you can have just somebody who wanted mac and cheese for dinner and ate a whole box of mac and cheese. But the point is, that, you know, mortality is, is usually lower in those. So that's one of the main talking points. Uh, there is an ethical side of it. A lot of people don't like, you know, eating animal byproducts or animal products at all. So I can get that, but you touched on it. It's, you have a lot of worries about B vitamins. I believe uh, vitamin D or calcium, one of the two is another very nutrient deficient found in a lot of vegetarians. Um, and if you're on the athlete side, you know, you and I are both athletes, as many of our friends, you do have an issue with protein intake, uh, trying to build muscle, trying to retain muscle, trying to recover. If you're not getting, you know, 0.75 grams uh, of your body weight and protein, you're going to have issues. And a lot of meat eaters have that issue as well. They don't eat enough protein because they focus on the delicious side of the breads and the butters uh, on their meals and not so much on, on the meat or the, the protein like the yogurt. Uh, and those are the, those are the main issues. But like I said, I think the main, my main thing with vegetarianism is it's difficult to sustain. If you travel, it's really hard to get some good nutrient dense foods. When you travel, you're in an airport, you're on a cruise ship on a vacation. It's just going to be difficult. I think uh, all of that side pescatarianism is a lot easier where you eat fish, maybe some eggs, uh, not so much any red meat, any chicken, any turkey, any pork, uh, and that you can eat fish. There's a lot of uh, cultures around the world that are very fish dominated and don't have as much animal byproduct, but it, or oh, sorry, not land animal byproduct, but I feel like that's, that's my main thing. But I will say on a positive, a lot of vegetarians that I know, and I do, I do two very close rugby friends who they live in California. So it's, it's a lot easier to stick to the vegan diet out there. Uh, they have a lot of inflammation and recovery benefits over a lot of the teammates around them. I think that has to do with them eating low processed foods. A lot of the foods they eat are raw and they have very high protein foods. They eat a lot of nuts, a lot of legumes, a lot of beans, but they use team to recover better and have you know, a little bit more pep in the step than a lot of people around them. So I do want to give my, my hat off to people in the vegetarian, but I, I feel like the main, main issue with that is being able to stick to the diet. Yeah, that's, um, that's, yeah, it's the hardest part. And when you go to a restaurant, some of the highest protein vegetables and some of the most nutrient dense vegetables that you can get for that diet, that would be most effective you can't find them so easily at a restaurant, right? Let's say you want to go, your friends want to go to a steakhouse or an olive, like you want to, it, it's, you're not going to find any of the things that you actually, the legumes, the yeah. different types of beans, all that stuff. You're not going to find that. And that's super challenging. Um, one thing I wanted to tell you though, about that, the vegetarian diet, what about people with uh, gastric issues and inflammation? I was, we I, talked about, I'm sorry. Yeah. We talked about the, uh, the vertical diet, you know, keeping certain vegetables out and only having low gas, low inflammation vegetables. And, um, that's another downside for me, right? Because personally, there's a lot of vegetables that I can't eat without getting real gassy or bloated or cramped up. Um, that would be one thing that would hold me back. I'd only be able to eat maybe like three different vegetables yeah. without feeling any of those side effects. Yeah, I was actually just about, about to touch on that is, uh, you know, your main protein sources, you, they're very good protein sources. They, they have a lot of amino acids in it. Soy is, is a really good protein source and you can eat soy 
you want to keep it in moderation, just like any type of food that you would eat because it is processed in almost every faucet. But uh, you have that pea protein, even though it's very uh, chalky, is, is very high in protein and that's usually low gastric. And that's why a lot of pea and soy proteins go together to make your vegan proteins. Uh, and those are usually pretty good, but it's 20 grams per multiple scoops. Uh, so you'd have to be, as far as protein powder goes, you'd have to be drinking a lot. But then when it comes to the vegetables, it's straight beans, uh, broccoli, legumes. Those are very high gastric. That's actually the number one complaint I hear from people that I've talked to that have said they, they want to go vegetarian or vegan, just even if it's for a short period of time, is they have really bad gas. And it's because they're, they're high gastric distress. Broccoli is very high on intestinal disruption. Uh, great nutrients. If you have a lot of other foods that are easily digested with it, it's great to have as, as a joint meal. But if you go out to a steakhouse and, or you know, a Mexican restaurant with your, with your friends on, on lunch on a Tuesday and they all get you know, enchiladas or you know, um, fajitas and you just get multiple sides of beans and broccoli, you're going to have gastric distress for the rest of the day. And like I said, it's that sustainable aspect of it that I, I feel like is the hardest part. And it's very doable. If you're willing to put your time into it, vegetarian, it can be done really well. Uh, and another issue, I, when I had it, I, couldn't, I could almost never hit 200 plus grams of protein a day unless I was chugging that, that four or five scoops of that protein at the end of the day. Um, and I was eating quite often large, large mat, uh, amounts. Uh, chickpeas, same thing. You can usually have some gastric issues with chickpeas too, and those are relatively high in protein. Uh, and then you start getting into fat if you want to step away from those. Uh, very high nuts. Nuts have great protein, but if you're trying to use nuts as your main protein source, to get 100 grams of protein with a nut is 200 grams of fat or 150 grams of fat, and you're automatically over almost every marker of what a doctor should say you should get in that point. So, and I, I feel like, like I said, I feel like that's that's enough on vegetarianism. It, it's great if you can stick to it, but there's a lot of gastric issues. Yeah, I mean, I commend y'all. I'm honestly, I commend you guys that are vegetarian. That's it. I personally can't. I love beef. <laughs> I need a shirt that says I love beef. Uh, that's all it, I gotta say. That's a great one. Um, so I'll touch on the next one. I think one that is probably my second most hated, and I'm gonna use the word hated diet is if it fix your macros. Mm -hmm. I think this, this is the lazy's man approach to, to eating. If you, if you're dieting, I think this is the lazy's man's approach. Now, if you're using a certain type of diet and you're counting your macros, making sure you're close, that's great. But I know way too many people that personally talk to that have competed in bodybuilding shows, both men and women, that will like, oh, I'm saving all my carbs because I want Oreos tonight. That's not teaching you anything about eating healthy or dieting. Vegetarian people, they know, you know a lot of people can eat healthy uh, with vertical diet. It is entirely eating on a very low gastric, you know, high, bio, uh, high nutrient available food. And a lot of diets are like that. But if it fits your macros, doesn't teach you anything. Uh, it, it can easily be used to you know, I want to hit hundred grams of protein today as a female. And you know, you're getting you know, 15 or 18 in your breakfast with your eggs and you're getting 25 at lunch with your shredded chicken. You're getting this much at dinner with your, your cod or your steak. And you're using it to make sure you get hundred grams of protein. That's fine. But I think it, people use it to fill 
I want ice cream tonight. I want Oreos tonight. I want a milkshake when I go out with my friends or alcohol. So I'm going to eat nothing but spinach and, you know, white people dry cooked chicken for the rest of the day. <laughs> no offense to the white people. <laughs> but that, that, I mean, that's, that, I feel like that's the thing. Macros, you want to hit your macro markers. But if you, I just feel like only sticking to if it fits your macros and nothing else is, is the lazy's man approach. You should, you should have a purpose behind it and try to stick to consistent meals because you can go, you can go to Jack in the box and search their, there's their burger or McDonald's or Wendy's and get the baconator. And then you can formulate the rest of your day around that one meal. And it's not, it's not the, the type of lesson that you need to be teaching yourself or, or your kids or your family on how to eat smart. Now, yes, you can have, there's everything in moderation, enjoying a really greasy five guys burgers and fries once a week or once a month. But I feel like, like I said, if it fits your macros is people use it consistently to not track their diet, just to make sure they hit their protein goal and they work the rest around to eat the, the stuff that they want, that they want to eat and that they shouldn't be eating. What do you think? No, I, I agree. It's to me, it's plain and simple, just lazy. Yeah, a lot of thermodynamics does apply. So if you're eating less than 2,000 and you burn, if, you, if you're if you at 2,000 that you need for the day and you're eating less than 2,000 and you're eating like crap, but it's less than 2,000, like I get it, it'll work, right? Because we, we have that general law that applies to everything. But how are you going to feel after you eat those foods? Yeah. How are you going to perform? Are they good for you? Are they driving up your inflammation? Are they making you gassy? Just like you were saying, it's lazy and if it works for you, fine, because it's better than not counting your macros or calories. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like you're not instilling any good habits. Yeah. yeah and so, I agree with you. I basically re reiterated everything you said, but like, I totally agree with you. I don't like that one. Yeah. I will, I will say on a touch of this, if you're using it to make sure you hit your protein goal and you're being smart with it, just like vegetarianism or any other diet. It is great, but it's, it's the common conceptions that come with it that I do want to put that disclaimer out there. If you're being vegetarian, you know, you're eating great, great, great for you. If it's working for you, go on. But if it's your macros, it's, it's the standard aura around it. It's what comes with it. And it's usually the laziness and I don't want to get too worked up. So let's go to another easy one, Jeff, before I get, I get my anger out. Oh, yeah, no, we don't want you raging on here, man. Uh, the paleo diet, right? So the caveman diet. So what's this diet? Um, you're basically focus on, focusing on just uh, fish, meats, uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts. Um, one downside of it, it's actually a great diet because, it, again, just like some of these other diets uh, uh, that we first spoke of, it lowers your markers. And it, it definitely improves your health because you're, you're not eating processed. You're eating essentially what a caveman would find, right? So an animal source, a fruit, a vegetable, something that you could pick off a bush or a tree. So whole foods, that's basically the concept of it. It's a good diet. Uh, downside is, is sometimes you might not hit all the nutrients that you need yeah. on certain foods. And, and you might even go over your fat intake a little bit. Um, personally, I've never tried the diet. I've heard of people that, that have tried it and they've had great results. But then again, it, I think it's just you're changing your diet from our standard American diet to something that's um, basically taking all that processed crap out. 
yeah remove the processed crap and you're gonna feel and look much better for sure and you know like you touched on everything the paleo it, it's really hard to expand a lot of stuff because a lot of these diets intermingle uh like you said a lot of people have great markers because they cut out these processed foods their blood pressures increase their mental focus increase joint pain and infl inflammation all you know back pain it it starts to decrease because they're getting whole food they're getting nutrient dense food and yeah you know, i feel like a lot of times you might miss uh, a lot of the recovery aspect of carbohydrates uh, you do get a lot of fruits and uh, people that do paleo diets have quite a few friends who uh, have done it. Nobody has did it for really, really long times. I think this can be one of those that socially is hard to do because you're not supposed to do any type of processed anything. So I, I, I got to double check, you know, on potatoes. I'm pretty sure you can, you can have like potatoes and basic rice, but going out to eat, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. It's, it's very similar to the vertical diet in a way. Except for vertical, you know, we can have yogurts and, and juices and stuff. But, you know, the, focusing on meat, vegetables, fruit, fish, nuts, you're going to have great, great, great returns on transferring from a SAD to a paleo diet. And I think the biggest one that I've found from what I saw online is uh, calcium and vitamin D. Uh, they, it is a, a recurring thing in quite a few diets that you might not hit those markers if you don't ever touch anything that's processed at all light processing is, is good in a lot of ways you want to talk about as we evolved so did our processes we can do more with food that's available to us we're smarter than animals around us so let's let's use our brains let's make some basic processes so you know if you want to have low sprouted bread very nutrient dense you can have it if you're not paleo so we, I, I think that's the biggest thing with paleo is being able to take some of the things that humans have designed that are good, such, such, such as bread, you know, not, not terrible white bleach bread, but, you know, a sprouted bread, like an Ezekiel bread or something like that. And it also is going to help you, I feel, stick to it. It's going to keep you more, what is it, satiety? It's going to, you're going to be a lot happier with what you eat while you eat if you can go out and, and have nut butter. You know, I, I'm a peanut butter and almond butter, cashew butter fiend. My son is one and a half. Today, his lunch was a banana and peanut butter on toast. He loves it. I love it. It's, it's a great snack. And, but, you know, if it's processed, you can't have it. And I feel like that's the biggest thing with paleo. Uh, like you said, if done correctly and you, you monitor your fats, that's the hardest thing with a lot of diets. Uh, monitoring your fats. This, this one can be very helpful for a lot of people and can even be stuck to for a long time. If you're doing a little bit of light work, you know, if you go out to eat, you can order a steak by itself or some fish by itself. And you just bring some nuts and a bell pepper in your car. I I've, I've been that guy who has snacks in his car for when he leaves the, you know, the group lunch or group dinner, and they're going to the movies or to the mall. And I was like, oh, I got to think about a car real quick. Let me grab my food. Well, we just ate. Yeah, I know. I got to get my nutrients in. So it's, it's, it was a little bit of legwork. I think paleo can, can do a lot. And then while you're on paleo, I feel like we need to touch on carnivore. So Jeff, what do you think about carnivore? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a carnivore and I love carnivore. No, um, carnivore diet is uh, basically meat. So basically the carnivore diet is anything that's animal product based. So you can have, uh, you can have meats, you can have cheeses, uh, you can have milk, eggs, um, 
anything that's animal based. Um, what they call it, the best way of going carnivore is nose to tail. So you're eating basically how that sounds. Uh, meat, organ meat, you're going to eat the tongue, you're going to eat the bone marrow, you're going to eat the tail, like liver, heart, eyes, uh, everything. Um, uh, what's his name? Sean Baker is a big proponent of that. Uh, Jordan Peterson was also on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about that. So for people who suffer, according to basically the, the science and the facts of this that have come out, um, basically what the carnivore diet does is it, it basically cuts out all the crap. So people like me, right? Some vegetables are very inflammatory towards me. Processed foods are very inflammatory. Um, you have these gastro problems, you have arthritis. Arthritis has actually been shown to be dietary more than anything because of the inflammation. Yep. Bodily inflammation is more so correlated to your gut health. Um, so basically what the carnivore diet does is it's an elimination diet, eliminate everything, just eat meat. Eat meat and go from there. A lot of people have been shown to uh, have decreased blood sugars, uh, their cholesterol levels actually leveled out. You'd think that with eating a lot of red meat, you'd have high cholesterol, but that's not the case. Um, arthritis starts to go away. Inflammation starts to go away. Gut health improves. Uh, a lot of mental acuity. So it's a very extreme diet, right? You're cutting everything out except for the animal products. But it also seems to be very effective. Now, on the basis of whether you can do this long term, probably not. I mean, if your life and your health depended on it, sure, you could probably do it long-term. Your life depends on it. But for normal people like me and you, I think that a more balanced diet would help, which is why we lean so much towards the, the sand efforting diet, the vertical diet. Um, but yeah, carnivore, carnivore is great for health benefits, but I don't think that long-term it's something that is sustainable. Yeah. Unless you can't eat anything but meat. Like I said, some people can do it. They've been doing it for years, 10, 15 years takes a special kind of person again this monster uh, liver king <laughs> this dude is basically he's what would you say liver king is i think that liver king is more uh paleo but yeah i think what, paleo, what he, i see yeah he's carnivore too he's mostly carnivore well he, he eats uh he eats uh, potatoes a lot yeah he does, he does a variety of, he mixes all the diets that we talked about. Like you'll yeah. see him intermittent fasting. Um, he'll be more like a paleo, but then he'll emphasize a lot of meats. Like he'll eat a lot of raw liver, bone marrow. Um, it's kind of a crazy cool mix. I don't know. He's very yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I think he is fascinating because he's a big shock to the system right now. I don't want to I don't, I don't think he's like a pedestal, like an epitome. Uh, he does have a life that a lot of people can't live. You know, he does live on a ranch. Uh, he has a lot more time than a lot of people. He's very, very consistent with schedules that a lot of people don't have. Uh, I think a lot of the ideas, and I didn't want to go too hard into it on this episode of, you know, he, he talks about ancestral health before we get into the last topic. And that, that's what he lives off of his ancestry. But our ancestors lived till they were 30 sometimes 40. So to be like, oh, my ancestors never brushed their teeth. Well, their, their teeth were gone by 27. So, they, you know, they lived to 33. Up until the 1900s, no, no, almost no one saw their 50s. So I, I, I think that's where I laugh a lot at people who talk about the, the, long, um, the ancestral and evolutionary 
stuff. Like I, I get cell regeneration and fasting because you can't change the biology of cells, but your, your cells only have so much life in them. I don't think a lot of the stuff that ties like, oh, well, my great, great, great grandfather did nothing but drink coffee and um, smoke cigarettes all day. Yeah, well, he, he passed away at 52 because that, that, that was a long life for them. You know, now you're living to 80. Right. Uh, so I, I kind of laugh at a lot of the stuff that I see on there. I, I follow it because there's in everything, there's something to be learned from it. Uh, he, he does do a lot of paleo as a, a lot of people do. Um, I know a lot of uh, not athletes, but uh, actors and stuff. A, a lot of public figures that work in the film industry, they do a lot of paleo diets. Uh, but again, that, that's a sustainability thing. They have people that they can pay. They have this income that provides that life for them and this time that nobody else has uh, you know, outside of the, in the 99% that, that they don't have this time to, to be able to follow and have someone cater your meals to you. Uh, and I feel like that's the biggest thing. Um, but I feel like we could have a whole episode on Liver King and what he posts. That's one we need to have some guests on for to see what people think. Man, this guy is this guy is big, but I mean, if you look at his social media, the way he's living, you know, not a lot of people. I don't know if anybody lives like that. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of farmers. Kudos uh, to him. I want to be a farmer, and I I know none that live like him. Um, but you know, the last diet that he he does touch on and what he eats is the one that I have the most disdain and hatred for because of people. It's like the CrossFit of the diet world and that is the keto diet um, preach so, man go off you just want me to go straight into it go straight in. Right. i want to hear this so Let's see it. But first off if anyone takes something that was designed for a small population and thinks it's a save all end all be all you're wrong this was designed for epilepsy patients because like jeff mentioned earlier it a lot of your inflammation, a lot of your cognitive stuff, a lot of your body's markers come from gut health. And for some reason that they still don't know today, 90 years later, ketones and the keto diet helped epilepsy patients have less seizures. And that's what it was designed for. They don't know why, but the use of the body using ketones was the main reason that they put epilepsy, epileptic patients on the keto diet. Now today they use medicine, whether the medicine is more effective or not is up for debate, all the side effects. However, that's what it was designed for. So Joe Schmo, who's 31 years old and loses 40 pounds on keto, thinks it's the best thing in the world. You know why it's the best thing in the world? Because you're eating less food. You're eating less carbs. Most meals, the standard diet is about 50%. Even the sad diet, standard diet for bodybuilders, maybe not powerlifters, but bodybuilders, track stars, athletes, the standard American diet, you're going to have about 50% of your calories come from carbs. But when you cut out 50% of your diet, you're going to lose weight. I'm sorry if you failed math class, but when you don't eat a potato, or you don't eat bread, or you don't eat rice, you're probably going to lose weight. I, you can eat a pound of you know, rice balls and then sushi in one sitting and probably be hungry two hours later. If you eat a pound of avocados and bacon, you're going to be throwing up. Now, let, let me go into some of the scientific side of this. No diet and studies show better than one another in weight loss, not intermittent fasting, not keto, not vegetarian. If you stick to the same caloric intake over multiple weeks, all the diets performed within, I think it was like 4% of each other. I'd have to double check uh, from the, it's an American Medical Association study back in 2014, 2013. Every diet performed the same when the person had the same percentage of caloric deficit. 
Not one is better than the other. You have fat and protein whenever it is all you're taking in on a keto diet. You have less than, I think, 20 or 30 carbs in a day. Those are very, you have a lot of satiety when you eat fat and protein. It makes you very happy. It makes you very full. So if all you're eating is fat and protein, you're going to be full a lot faster. So you're not even going to eat more. So you're not going to have any carbs in your diet. So you're going to have less calories as it is. And now you're fuller faster. Next is portion control and healthy habits. Most people that follow the keto diet do not understand portion control and understand the healthy purpose of fiber in the human diet. You have every person that I've ever met that went on a keto diet to lose weight. I'll put a disclaimer before I go any further. It is great for short-term weight loss because you're in a caloric deficit. You eat less food than you would, you eat less calories than you normally would, so you're gonna lose weight. Congrats. That's, that's the purpose of a diet, a fad diet, because the second every single person I've ever known, and there's been probably dozens, maybe a hundred, I'll say dozens, if not a hundred people that I know throughout my life that have gone to keto, have lost the weight, were so happy, went back to a different diet or their standard diet, and they gained all the weight back because they didn't learn a lesson from keto. It is not designed for the long term. You have weight regain as soon as you come back. You have high saturated fats and cholesterol levels because, excuse me, most of the food you eat is going to have a lot of the negative fats, unsaturated fats, your mono and your poly. It's going to have trans fats. All the negative health marker fats are in all the food you're going to eat because you're going to go out and you're going to have bacon, avocado, beef, and cheese. That's all you're going to eat when you go out every single time. Next, you're going to have uh, really bad bone density and osteoporosis. There's been linked studies that people that have been on keto have higher chance for osteoporosis and bone density diseases. You have micronutrients found in fruit and vegetables that are not in your diet anymore because you cut them out. You have really have a long, bad long-term cholesterol issues. You have long-term uh, triglyceride and platelet issues because you're eating such a high fat diet all of these markers are going to go up. So you have an increased risk of arterial fibrillation. You're going to have irregular heartbeats. You're going to have systolic and diastolic fluctuations. So you're going to have blood pressure is going to be off. You're going to have cardiologists coming to talk to you every few months if you stay on this diet long-term because you have really bad diet. You have really high fat deposits in your blood. Your liver's not functioning right. Your heart's not functioning right. And you're going to have negative health effects. Again, short-term benefits, sure, you're going to lose weight. You're going to learn nothing about long-term diet plans. You're going to learn nothing about portion control. You're going to learn nothing about what you need to eat to stay healthy. You're going to fail. You're going to revert the second you stop the diet because that's what happens to almost every person. And you're going to have a lot more insulin issues as well the second you end your diet because you're going to come off these insulin things. You're not going to know how to handle them. You're going to get that, that, you know, that little dopamine hit when you have a donut or you have some rice the first time after coming off keto, you're going to spiral, you're going to have you know, the insulin-itis, you're going to take a nap, and it's, it's just wrong, or it's really bad and wrong for the long term. And that is found in American Medical Association, it's found in live science research, it's found uh, one of the big uh, proponents against it. Uh, is Dr. Angela Ryan Lee. People have come across from Chinese medical journals, Japanese medical journals, American medical journals of the long-term effects of keto are extremely negative on the human body, especially the human heart. That is my piece. You're not an epileptic patient. If you are, great, please stay on keto. But if you're not an epileptic patient, stay the fuck off keto. <laughs> now I'm done, mic drop.
that that was that was beautiful, man. That was perfect. Ooh. I don't think I don't have anything to add to that. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm that one more. Really, that was solid. That was <laughs> solid. That was like you went in on keto, man. Um, was, dude, I, I I've had a couple people, couple friends do keto, and and you know what that um. Like you said, once they went back to normal, they gained all that weight back. Yeah, it really it, you you have to keep it going for the long term. And quite honestly, unless you have like cancer and cancers or diabetes or anything like that, right? Some uh, stay off keto, guys. Yeah, like yeah, it's good for the shorts. If you have some short term goals and you need to hit them fairly quickly, keto's great. If you have some uh, insulin related issues, or if you have certain types of cancers that, or epilepsy that have been found to be, uh, treatable doing keto. Cause they have, there's studies out there that that's fine. If you have these things, but keto is not sustainable. You're going to gain a lot of your weight back because I'm 90% certain. A lot of us don't have that discipline or that know how to be able to adapt our diets to get the same results that keto was giving us. We're yeah. going to jump right back to the same old crap. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's not sustainable in the long term. I feel like that is the, the most non-sustainable diet in long term of any of them, of fasting, of vegetarian, of veganism. Keto is the least sustainable. And it's the one that teaches you the least. If you're a vegetarian, if you go strict vegan tomorrow and do no animal byproducts, you don't even own a fridge except for maybe for steamed you know, broccoli. If you eat too much, if you eat too much bread, you eat too much peanut butter, you're going to notice, oh crap, I gained weight. I can adjust my diet and still be healthy. And long-term, you cannot do that on keto. There's, there's going to be people who talk about it, but uh, there's, there's cardiologists who have come out against it. There's American Heart, you know, American Heart Association. There's so many different doctors who have come out against it. I just, I don't understand why people think it's, it's so good for you. It's good to lose weight in, you know, two, three weeks, but that's, that's about it. And, you know, I, I do want to, you know, loop back because of keto, you have very high fat, you have, you know, moderate protein, track your macros, you know, my fitness pal, my plate, there's multiple apps you can use, track your macros, kind of see what you eat, maybe adjust it a little bit. It's really easy to adjust, cook with you know, olive oil and butter is it's great to cook with I'm trying to get cold pressed, try to get, you know, the higher unsalted butters, the higher quality, eat the whole foods and try to find a diet that you can sustain for a long time and learn from that. You know, that's, that, that's the main point of this whole episode is, you know, we have what works for us and has worked for us off and on for years try to find one that you can stick with for years and always come back to you because you learned something from it because it's sustainable and it's healthy. And I don't think keto is that. I agree with you 100%. And I think the, the best thing to close on with that is uh, no matter what diet you're doing, monitor your salt and monitor your water intake. If, if you switch a diet you're going to need to be hydrated. You're going to need to have enough sodium. If you're fasting, you're going to need sodium to help with your cells. Uh, if you're going to need water, trust me, you're going to be chugging water to try to feel full. If you're going into a keto diet against the better judgment of a lot of medical professionals, you're going to need that to help with digestion. Oh, something we didn't touch on really common for keto and carnivore diets, explosive diarrhea. Just so you know, disclaimer, 
your body has no fiber and it can't produce, uh, can't digest all that food at once. So be ready for explosive diarrhea, especially the first few weeks when you try those diets. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, I mean, I can attest to the carnivore one. Um, I went carnivore for a good couple months, and that was that was uh, the first uh, the first poop was very intense. Oh God! Uh, and by very intense, I mean like, dude, I, I was I was in pain. Um, maybe that's just my body. Maybe that's whatever. But uh, yeah, I that's uh that seems to be a common thing with people is like the first couple weeks, your digestion's all jacked up trying to adapt to all that meat. I just imagine the dumb and dumber scene where he's like grabbing the stall and one legs up as he's losing it. That's that's how I imagine everyone who starts like carnivore and, and keto the first few weeks. That was rough, man. <laughs> Uh, I was like, okay, so what would you say our winner is, right? The ones that we're sticking to. I, <laughs> the the vertical diet, I have never had an issue. I have my rice, my beef, my potatoes, my my low gas veggies. Um, All my I fruits never I want to eat. Right. I have never felt better than when I was on the vertical diet, right? I, I just, I have never felt stronger. I, once I cut beef out of my diet, I feel, I don't know what it is. It might be mental, but I feel, I feel pretty weak. I don't know. I don't, my performance isn't as high as it was when I was on that diet. And I keep testing this throughout time. And I have found that the vertical diet has always been best. And then you, you throw in some fasting with that, dude, I think, honestly, I think that's a keeper the I one two combo. For the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I want to end on this note. I, uh, one thing I try to envision is you know i've heard it from uh friends i've met that were from africa that you know their grandparents always stated you know the power of the animal and this is in other cultures around the world the power of the animal transfers to you when you eat it especially if you're the one that killed it so if you can hunt to get your meat i please let me know i will i will go out with you and i will buy meat from you i would love to be able to say i got my own my own elk or my own venison or something but if, if you're going to eat chicken and shrimp, shrimp are strong for their size. That's still a very small animal. That's not a lot of straight power. Now you eat beef and bison and tuna. Th those are big, strong animals. Tuna, they, they're a few hundred pounds in the ocean. Bison are a few, <laughs> multiple hundred pounds. Your cows are multiple, especially like your grass-fed free range, multiple hundred strong animals. That, that's, you know, that, that's kind of where I come from with with that is you know eat the animal that you want to be as strong as and cow <laughs> cow bull. I, want to, I want to be a bull Bison. exactly i want to yeah i want to be a bull i want to be a buffalo just roaming roaming the fields of wyoming for the rest of my life <laughs> big beautiful and majestic <laughs> uh, well well i do I, i'll and we haven't asked this in a few weeks jeff well what book are you reading and or listening to right now to, to get off the topics of diets right now it is the same book never split the difference never split the difference super slow reader not reading but listening to it in audio yeah. and still continuously listening to my podcast yeah. um the bradley's the valuetainments uh jordan peterson man if you really want to listen to someone that's going to really change your perspective on life. Um, especially as men, he focuses a lot on men. Um, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, a great I, person to listen I just, to. 
uh, my road trip this week to Asheville and back, I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast and I, I really enjoyed his, his topic and his, his points on that. Um, for myself, I'm reading, uh, is it, uh, weak times create strong men or strong men create weak times. One of those titles like that. Um, I'm not impressed with it. I'm, I'm listening to it on audible when I run and when I do my workouts, um, but we can, we can do another book deep dive. That one is, is, is all right. Uh, but the book I'm reading is that that's my audible book. I am reading laugh your way to a better marriage. That's my pre-bed book. And my daily book, if I have time to sit down and read is how to invest in real estate, low and no money down. So I'm coaching all faucets of life, men's mental health, uh, financial health, and then uh, relationship health. All I need is my fitness book, which is all my YouTubes. So, but with that segue, thank you guys so much for coming out. I appreciate you listening to 3F Podcast. If you have any questions about a diet or you want to pick our brains more, you think we missed something, or maybe you know something that we haven't found. You know, I'm not going to say I've done every research there is on every diet. You know, leave us a message in the comments, leave us a like and follow. And, you know, from myself, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you guys next week.